888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today in today's episode episode 352 we're going to be talking about seven tips to in- for increasing your email open rates you've heard me say it over and over again as a blogger your email list is one of your most valuable assets it's how you nurture relationships with your su- with your subscribers it's how they come to know like and trust you because of the value you send them but how will that happen if they never open your emails i'll give you a hint it won't won't happen. <laughs> That's why you need to do everything you can to e- increase your email open rates. The more people who find your stuff, the more people will come to love what you have to offer. And the more that happens, the more they're going to buy from you. And fortunately, there are some simple things and even some more advanced things you can do to have a significant impact on your business. So increasing your open rates, that's what we're going to be talking about today. What is up? How are you doing? I hope you are having an amazing day. And if you aren't, I hope that by the end of this episode, you're going to have a little more pep in your step. <laughs> I don't know. I just I decided to try that one. Pep in your step. Did that work? Do you have a little more pep in your step already? Just by hearing me say pep in your step. I hope so. And if not, hopefully by the end of this episode, you will. This is episode number 352. And of course, you can find detailed show notes at becomeablogger.com slash 352. Any announcements, anything that I mention, whatever it is, all of the links, it'll all be there. If you're driving in your car, should you should you take notes? Absolutely not. I, I got you covered. <laughs> so head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 352 at the end of this episode for all of that good stuff. Okay, so here's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. First, we're going to just briefly talk about why you want to increase your email open rates. I know it sounds very obvious and obviously we know it is important and all that good stuff, but you know, we're, we're going to cover that basis right there from the beginning. And then we're going to get into the seven things that you can do uh, to increase your email open rates. Does that sound good? I hope so. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about the tool of the week. Oh, so I played the wrong one. That was Come on, Leslie. Get it together. The right one is supposed to be this. You hear the difference? The first one was all like energetic. That's when I get into the real stuff. Anyhow, so doesn't matter. Let's, let's just talk about the tool of the week. The tool of the week is a tool that I hope you're already using. Because, man, since I started using this tool, it has been, oh, man, it has been so, so rewarding and so impactful on my life, on my business, on everything that I do. And that is none other than audible.com. Are you on Audible? Do you use Audible for your audiobooks? Because I started using it a a few years back. And man, listening to books 
really help me to improve what I do. And it really helps me to improve my game. There's one book that I listened to recently that I absolutely love. It is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Not Deep Work, sorry. Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. He's the same author that wrote the book Deep Work. And in Digital Minimalism, he really challenges this notion of how 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 much we use our technology in our everyday lives and he encourages and challenges you to maybe approach your 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 digital life from a minimalist perspective and it has made such an impact on my life it has made an impact on my sanity <laughs> It has helped me to take control of the devices that I use on a daily basis as opposed to having them control me because they have controlled me and at times they still do control me. But it, it's such a good book. And you can check that out on Audible. Get the audio version. Uh, and you can get your first two books for free if you haven't signed up with them as yet by going to becomeablogger.com slash audible. That is my affiliate link. So I do get a commission if you do sign up for your free audiobooks. But man, uh, um, you know what? Let me just open up my Audible app right now and just read off a few of the books that I've um, read recently. Or I, I can't say read in this house because my wife will always say, you didn't read a book, you listened to it. Um, uh, but The Alchemist, uh, such a good book. Digital Minimalism. Then I have Crush It. I have How to Write Nonfiction. Uh, Admiral of the Ocean Sea. I haven't listened to that one as yet. That's about the Christopher Columbus um, story. Rocket Fuel, uh, Think and Grow Rich, The One Page Financial Plan, One Second After Oh, man, that is such a fascinating story about what would happen if there were an EMF attack where all of our computers and, and technology stop working. Man, that book is very insightful. Then there's Rise and Grind, The Five-Second Rule, Peak Performance, The Big Leap, The Wealthy Speaker, Giftology, Deep Work, Born a Crime, The Coaching Habit, uh, The Devil in the White City. I don't even know what that is because I haven't listened to that one as yet, but uh, hopefully I'll figure it out. <laughs> so many books. I'm scrolling for days right now just to see all of the different books. Um, the Elon Musk biography, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Economics in One Lesson. Oh, man, that's such a good book. Oh, man, The War of Art, uh, People's History of the United States. So much, man, so many books that I've listened to over the years because of my Audible subscription. I don't know what I'd do without it. I just love it, so I'm recommending it. Hope you got value in that. If you're not using Audible as yet, go ahead and check it out. Becomeablogger.com slash Audible and get your two free books. Now, on that note, let's transition with the full transition music to the topic of today. I got that one right. You see, there we go. <laughs> Email open rates. Oh, man, those are so important. What are your email open rates? How do they compare to, you know, the industry standard? Do you find that your email open rates are going down? Because quite frankly, over the years, everyone has been kind of seeing those email rates go down. Well, if you want to increase your email open rates, and you should, that's what we're going to be getting into. Why is that important? 
Well, obviously, your email list is super important, right? The more people that are subscribed and are actually engaging with your content, the more they can, you know, uh, get, get your message, the more they can see what you have going on. And, of course, if you have products for sale and so on and you make an announcement via email, if they don't open it, they won't know. But if they do open it and they do engage, they're going to be more likely to purchase what you have. Now, it's not only that, right? There's another part of it that's important. If people aren't engaging with your emails and, and Gmail and these other email services uh, notice that, man, when you send an email, people really just don't want them. What's going to end up happening is they're going to be more likely to be flagged as spam. They're going to be more likely to go to that promotions tab. And as a result of that, fewer and fewer people are going to see your emails. And that is exactly the opposite of what you want. You want your subscribers to be tuned in. You want them to be engaged. You want them to know when you have stuff going on because this is how you build your business. This is how you serve them. This is how you provide them with value. But yes, this is how you build your business. So the higher your open rates, the better. When Gmail and these other services see that, man, people really want your stuff, they're going to be more likely to get your stuff right there in their inbox. And that's exactly what you want. All right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So let's go into our seven tips. Tip number one. Tip number one. Okay. This, this one here is, is, is so fundamental to building your email list. Tip number one is you provide additional value. Now, when someone opts into your, your email list, here's what I want you to, this is how I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it as a test. They're just testing you out. They don't know you really. They, I mean, maybe they encountered some of your stuff online, but they don't really know you. They don't really trust you yet, right? They're just testing you out. And, and in many of those cases, um, they're not just subscribed to your email list. They're subscribed to somebody else's email list. They may be subscribed to mine and some of your friends and some of my friends. And they may be subscribed to just random email lists online. All right. And, and, and in many cases, they ignore a lot of those emails because there's, there's nothing really special about those emails. Now, what that means is that you have an a, a incredible opportunity. You have an in, incredible opportunity to wow them, to, to provide them with that additional value. Not, you know, not just the, the, the stuff that is publicly available on your blog. But if they're getting kind of like the inside scoop from you, if they're getting that exclusive content, if they know that whenever they see something from you, they're going to get something valuable from you, then they're going to be looking forward to the next email and the next email. And when they see your name, they're going to they're gonna just jump, skip over all the other stuff in their inbox and go directly to yours because they know that they're going to get some value. So when you think about your emails, what, what, what do you send out? Is it just kind of like, hey, by the way, this is what's going on on the blog right now. There's a new post. Go and check it out. If that's the case, that's a missed opportunity. 
What additional value are you providing? Uh, one of the things that I do when people sign up to my email list, I, I provide my, my Friday action tips where I give you one actionable tip that I may not have posted on my blog, but it provides you with additional value because you're a part of my email list. That is exactly the type of thing that you want to do. Provide additional value, more than what's just publicly available on your blog, more than what you just do on social media. No, this is for your special people because these people have taken that additional step of subscribing. You give them that additional value. They're going to come to know, like, and trust you more. And if they know, like, and trust you more, they're going to be more likely to do business with you. All right. That's tip number one. That was a simple tip. Simple to say, of course, now to implement it could be something completely different. <laughs> but I'll leave that up to you to determine. How can you go above and beyond to provide additional value to your subscribers? Tip number two. Are you ready for it? Tip number two is segment your email list to sell relevant content. Here's the thing. Everyone that subscribes to your email list, they're not the same. They're not all uh, the exact same person. They don't all have the same struggles and problems and goals and all that stuff. Let's say like me, you had a biology blog, right? And this biology blog is for upper-level biology students. Well, in upper-level biology, there's, there's, there are classes like physiology and endocrinology and molecular biology and uh, pharmacology, all of these different topics within upper-level biology. Okay. Now, if you're in a physiology class and you come because you come to my blog because you see there's physiology content and then you subscribe to my email list and then you start getting a whole bunch of molecular biology stuff and you're not even in molecular biology. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to tune out because it's not relevant to you. You don't care about molecular biology. You don't care about this other stuff. You want to pass physiology. So what would be very important for me to do um, especially if I've started creating content for these different uh, subjects, it would make sense for me when they subscribe to my list to segment them based on what they're interested in and only send them what they're interested in. Another example, I teach people to blog. But, you know, the people that come to me are at different levels. Some people have not even started a blog. Some people have just started their blog, but they haven't made any money. Some people are making six figures with their blogs. Now, imagine you're a blogger and you're making six figures with your blog. Yes, it is possible, um, but imagine you are that blogger and you actually may be that blogger if you're listening to this right now. You're making six figures with your blog. And every time I send you an email, it's all about how to get started with your blog, how to install WordPress, why you need an email list and how to sign up for one and all this stuff. And you're like way beyond that. Well, you're going to start to tune me out. You may even unsubscribe. And once you've done that, I've lost you. So what would make sense and what I do is early in your email journey with me, 
I ask you a few questions and one of them has to do with where you are in your blogging business. And you can click a link to let me know and then you get tagged and you're in this segment. Now you can see these are the beginning bloggers. If I have a new WordPress course, I can send it to them. But these are the more advanced bloggers. And if I have a, a, a new advanced analytics for bloggers course, I can send it to those bloggers. Does that make sense? Segment your subscribers based on their interests, based on their struggles, based on their goals, based on whatever makes sense for you. You're a food blogger. Some people are vegetarian, looking for vegetarian recipes. Some people love their bacon and, and they're looking for anything you have where bacon is concerned. Segment them accordingly. And once you've segmented them, send them the content that they are looking for. That's tip number two. Ready for tip number three? Tip number three. Let's go to tip number three. Try different subject lines. That one, it's pretty straightforward. Do you have my daughter screaming weird words that don't make sense? <laughs> Anyhow, try different subject lines. Now, the subject line is the first thing they see. Well, no, the second thing they see. Maybe they see your name, uh, whatever, it, you know, the from name, and then they see your subject line. And if your subject line is kind of blah, <laughs> well, you're going to get kind of a blah response, right? And that's exactly the opposite of what you want. You don't want blah. You want blah. -dah. What? What? Blah. -dah? What's blah? Oh, my word, Leslie. Why do you still listen to me? Oh, my word. Anyhow, you want something that captures their attention. If you can create the kind of subject line that captures their attention and makes them want to click, you're going to increase your open rates. All right? So I want to give you a few tips for that. Tip number one, use curiosity. Now, what a lot of people do is they tell you exactly in the, the subject line what you're going to get. And what ends up happening is, uh, in many cases, the person kind of looks at it and they see the subject line um, and they kind of draw conclusions about what's going to be in, the, in the, the email. So they don't even click through. They don't need to because they, quote unquote, they already know, right? That is not what you want. You don't have to tell them exactly what's in the email, but try something that 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 kind of you know gives it, builds that curiosity. Like, man, I really want to know what that thing is. So, for example, um, instead of using a subject line like, let's say I'm sending out an email about subject lines, right? And in the email, the subject I put is Try different email subject lines. Okay, that's the tip. That's everything right there. I just gave away the whole thing, right? Why do I have to click? Now they could just go and try different subject lines. But instead of doing that, I can say something like, one trick to increase open rates. Now, if I say something like that, I can imagine a subscriber seeing that and, and thinking to themselves, man, I wonder, I wonder what that one trick is. I'm not telling them what the one trick is. I'm using curiosity to get them to think, what is it? And if they think, what is it? <laughs> click. That's exactly what I want. I want that click. Okay, so number one, use curiosity. Number two, 
Use humor. I mean, just be funny. It's it, you know, it's fun to be funny, and people like funny and humor. You know, good old fashioned humor. It still works. People like to laugh. <laughs> so just having something a little more on the light-hearted side, a little more humorous, that can be something that's just different from from um what's uh the, all the other stuff that's in the inbox. Oh wait, I just thought about this. Uh, a perfect example. Okay, master copywriter right here, Ray Edwards. I'm in a mastermind group with this guy, and he kills it where copy is concerned. This morning, he sent out an email. <laughs> I'm going to read the subject line, and I don't know if this is humorous. I don't know what it is, but it just stood out at me, and I went directly to this email. And <laughs> are you ready for this? I don't know if you're ready for this. The subject line is how I farted and came out smelling like a rose. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I went directly to it and I saw that it was an interview with Joel Kahn. And I remember that Joel Kahn back in the days, he, he created a fart app on the iPhone where you could just kind of press this button and it farts and it was this big hit and he uh, and it was kind of like a, a huge successful thing that he did off of something simple like a fart app, which is it's very weird and and gross. But anyhow, you get the point. Use a little bit of humor. Some people may not resonate with your humor. <laughs> But, you know, try a little bit here and there and see how that what, what that does to your open rates. Okay, another thing you can do to, to, to test out a, another kind of subject line you can use is where you're emphasizing a pain point. You know, when someone joins your list, when someone subscribes, they, 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 they sign up to get your free gift. Uh, they have certain problems that they're dealing with or or, or uh, specific issues that they're trying to overcome, specific pain points. Well, go ahead and emphasize those pain points in your emails, uh, in your email subject line, and you'd be surprised at what that could do. All right, so try that. Now, what I'm going to do is in the show notes for this episode, I'm going to link to a really cool article, uh, 101 email subject lines, uh, your... Uh, uh, wait, no. Oh, they increased the number. 164 best email subject lines to boost your email open rates in 2019. And this is by Optin Monster. I'll link to that in the show notes and you can go and check it out. They just got a ton of different examples um, of different uh, subject lines in different categories and different topics and that kind of stuff. So check that out if you want some more ideas on certain uh, subject lines that you can you can try out. Okay, so that was tip number three. Oh man, we only at three. Oh no, we're doing well. We're doing well. I'm not rambling too much. Only a little bit. <laughs> Let's go to tip number four. Tip number four, remove formatting from your emails. Yeah, I okay, I know you have this amazing brand. Your website looks great. You have a fancy logo. Everything looks amazing. It is beautiful. Good job. Now, here's the problem. When it comes to your email list, I know some of you may think, you know what? I need to I need to make my email look all fancy and match the branding of my blog and my website and my 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 you know, my brand, right? The problem is that 
those emails are more likely to get filtered as spam. And if it's filtered as spam, people are going to be way less likely to see, way less likely, they're going to be less likely <laughs> to see it. So try to avoid all of that. The prettiness trap, try to avoid it. I know, I know you wanted to look professional, but you know what? I, I, I value more than a professional looking email, an email that actually gets to the inbox. <laughs> that is more important for me. So keep it simple. When you're writing your emails, write it as if you're writing it to a friend. Um, and I, for me, I, what, what I like about that is that people kind of feel that. Like I've had a number of people tell me that what they love about my emails is that they're so personal and it feels as if I am writing it directly to them. That's exactly what I what I like to do. All right. For me, I'm writing this email directly for them and it may not be for them individually but I want it to have that kind of feel to it. And if that scores me a few more points to where it doesn't get flagged as spam as easily, then that's great. So tip number four, remove formatting. All right, let's go to tip number five. Tip number five, ask for engagement. I know. People should know that they can reply to your emails, right? People should know if they have a question, they can reply. Or if there's something that they're dealing with that they think you can help them with, they should know, hey, you're a friendly guy, you're a friendly gal. Uh, they can reply and you're going to engage with them. It's going to be you responding to their e They should know that. No, they don't know it, all right? So I want you to make it very easy for them to do it especially in some of your first emails, ask for them to reply. Just ask them a question about themselves. Ask them what they're struggling with. Ask them what they want to get out of, you know, engaging with your resources and all that good stuff. Ask them. Let them know that, hey, if you... Um, if you reply, I am personally going to respond to you. Man, man um... Kim Sorges from notconsumed.com. She has a, a blog with homeschooling resources for, for um, uh, Christian moms. And she does a masterful job at this because she tells them, she opens up and tells them about herself and how she got into what she's doing and some of the problems that she's had at home and how she's kind of gotten through it and all that stuff. And then she asks them, hey, you hit reply and tell me your story. Now, she has a huge list, and as a result of that, she gets tons of emails, and she replies to each and every one of them. That is exactly what, that's just awesome stuff right there. Because she's asking for the engagement, they are engaging. And then she's engaging back with them. Do you know what's happening there? She is forming a relationship with her subscribers. And that's exactly what you want. Now, there's something else you're doing when you do this. If, you, if I sign up to your email list and you tell me to hit reply and answer a question or tell you something in particular and I do that, I am signaling to my email service, this is someone that I care to engage with. And by me sending that signal, 
your stuff is going to be more likely to come to the top of my inbox as opposed to going to the 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 the, the, the spam being marked as spam or going to the promotions tab or anything of that sort now another benefit to this is when you ask them questions you get answers and that those answers if your questions are strategic those answers can actually give you a better bit more insight into who they are and what they want from you so that you can be in a better position to actually provide them with what they are looking for so it's kind of like a win-win all the round all around they get to engage with you you get to engage with them they send signals to their email marketing service um you're getting valuable information about what they care about and who they are. It's a beautiful thing. Makes sense, right? All right, so that was tip number five. Oh, man, that means we only got two more tips. Well, let's do it. Tip number six. This is something that I, I hesitated to do for a while, and it's something that I'm doing now, and I'm glad that I'm doing it. Prune your email list. Yeah, okay, I know. Uh, it would be awesome. I would love to have 100,000 subscribers. But, you know, if I have 100,000 subscribers and only 1,000 people are opening my emails, that 100,000, the other 99,000, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. All it means is that I'm paying a whole lot of money to my email marketing service to, 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 to get to those 1,000 people. It is, I would much rather have an email list of 10,000 and have like 5,000 of them open my stuff. It is way more engaging. I mean, it, you, you, you have a, 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 a much more engaged email list in that case. Now, what does that do? It does a lot, actually. First thing it does is, you know, we're going back to these email services. When Gmail sees, man, whenever you send out your email, so many people open it. That is a signal. And that is a signal that they like. It's kind of like Google search results, right? When you search for something um, and you get what you want, and you go to that blog and you maybe you visit that blog and you visit multiple pages google analytics is they're taking these signals and saying man this when someone searches for this and they get it they really want it same thing with email email has algorithms and those algorithms determines what gets where and when gmail and the other email services see man this is good stuff they're going to be way more likely to, um, to, 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 to send your stuff where you want it to go. All right. Now, you're probably wondering, OK, but how do I know if my email open rates are high or low? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to link to uh, an article on MailChimp, a study on a, a report on MailChimp where they kind of break down by industry, the email marketing benchmark. So you can look at your industry. And for example, you can see for if you're if you're in the arg, in agri, <laughs> I can't read ag, agriculture and food services industry, the average open rates, 23.12%. The click rates, 2.69%. Soft bounce, 0.57. Hard bounce, 0.36. Abuse rate 0.012, unsubscribe rate 
8.29. You can look at these different industries and they have all kinds of industries like architecture and construction, arts and artists, beauty and, and personal care, business and finance, computers and electronics, uh, construction. The, just as an example, business and finance. That's where I would find myself in average open rates, 20.47%. Uh, click rates, 2.59%, and so on and so forth. If I know that my email rates are like 10%, it is significantly below that average of 20.47%, and I have some work to do. All right? So pruning your email list is a good way of making sure that you are holding on to the, the more engaged subscribers. The people that never open, you're just paying for them. You're just paying for them to be on your list. And while there is some validity to the fact that someone might be dormant on your list for years and never do anything, for me, it's more important to make sure that I have a healthy email list. All right. So check the benchmarks. I will link to them in the show notes for this episode. Uh, and uh, you can see where you stand. And if you need to prune, you can do that. Now, it's important for me to mention this. If you do decide to prune, I highly recommend for you to do an a re-engagement sequence before. Here's why. Let me explain this because a lot of people don't understand how this open rate thing works. When you send out an email using an email marketing service, it is actually going to have a little image in that email, whether you put an image or not. And the image is just going to be one pixel. So it's kind of like a tiny dot that no one sees. And that image is actually loaded from that server. So let's say I'm using Drip. Drip is going to have an image a one pixel image in my email so that when they open it, that image opens up and loads from the Drip server. Then Drip is able to say, okay, wait, I got that call for that image from this email that was sent to Richard or to Susan or to whoever. That means they open it. Now, how accurate is this? It is actually not the most accurate thing because have you ever opened up an email and, and see that it says right at the top, do you want to load the images in this email? Well, if you have that notice at the top and you don't say, yes, load the images, it will not load that one pixel image. And if it doesn't load that one pixel image, even though I opened that email or you opened that email, it is not going to show as an open because it never loaded that image. So these open rates aren't the, they're not like 100% accurate. So if you just go based on open rates and you say, hey, these people never open my emails, so I'm going to you know prune them off and delete them from your list, you could be losing a lot of valuable subscribers. So what I recommend for you to do is first, before you prune your list, to the people that aren't engaged, send them a sequence of two to three emails and let them know, hey, um, I noticed that you haven't, uh, the system is telling me that you have not opened any of, e any of my emails in the last six months, but I wanted to make sure that that was the case. Or I want to make sure you still want to hear from me. If so, just click on this link and when you do so, 
um, you will be removed from the segment that I'll be pruning. That is so important and give them a few chances to do that. All right. So that's a good way of re-engaging people and making sure that you are not or, or reducing the chances that you are pruning the wrong people from your email list. All right. Make sense. So prune your email list. That's going to give you a healthier list overall. And you have a healthier list that's going to result in less spam filtering, less um, uh, promotions, tab filtering and all that good stuff. That is tip number six. Are you ready for tip number seven? The last, the final tip. I hope so, because we're going to it right now. Now, this this is a special tip that most people don't know about. I, I can almost guarantee that if you were thinking to yourself up to this point, man, all these tips I know, this one is probably one that you don't know. All right. Did you know that you could test your emails before sending them to your email list? Yeah, you can do that. You can actually use a service. The service um, that I've used is called Glock Apps. And what Glock Apps will do, and that's G-L-O-C-K apps.com, is it will allow you to send your emails to them. They have a bunch of emails set up and you add those emails to your email list, like a test segment. And the email that you plan on sending, send it to the Glock Apps system first. And they will test your email on just about every email service. And they will tell you, oh, man, this email that you sent, it's going to go to spam. And then, uh, uh, no, it's going to go to spam in Gmail. Or it's going to go to the promotions tab in Gmail. And then what you can do is you can make some tweaks. You can try a different subject line. If your email is a little promotional, you can kind of tweak that a little bit and, and then resend it. And then it's going to say, okay, this email, you have a green light. All right. This is going to get to their inboxes. And once you know that because you've tested it using Glock apps, then you can send that same email with the same subject line, with the same content, with the same everything to your email list with much more assurance that it's actually going to get to their inboxes. So you, you send it there first. And if it gives you the green light on all of the different services, then you go. If it gives you the green light on most, but then it tells you uh, there's a, it's challenging on this one, you can kind of try it in a different way and then retest it. And once you get a good signal, you can then send that to your email list. And they're going to be way more likely to actually get your stuff. Some people never open your emails because they're not getting your emails. You want to make sure they get it so that they can open it. So let's go over those tips again. Tip number one, provide additional value. Tip number two, segment your email list to send them relevant content. Tip number three, try different subject lines. Tip number four, remove all that fancy formatting. Tip number five, ask for the engagement. Tip number six, prune your email list. Tip number seven, the last and final tip, test your emails before sending. So now it's up to you. This is what I want you to do. Action step number one, 
Choose one thing. Let me start the music. Choose one thing from this list of seven to take action on. You don't have to do everything, but just choose one and say, this is what I'm going to take action on. Once you've taken action on that, see if it makes a difference. And then refine and repeat. Choose another thing. Take action on it. See if it makes a difference. And by doing that, you're well on your way to increasing your email open rates. Let me tell you what we got coming up. Next episode is going to be a simple one that I, I just felt the need to cover because not everyone can afford to do all the blogging stuff that they hear you're supposed to do. So I'm going to talk about how to start a blog for free. That's going to be the episode. All right. No money to spend. How do you make it happen? How do you start it? How do you grow it? All that good stuff. Anyhow, this was episode number 352. You can get the show notes and the links and the resources at becomeablogger.com slash 352. If you miss anything, it'll all be there. And if you want to get your blog started, you want to go from that idea in your head to that blog that you can grow and turn into a business, head on over to my free video course, fromideatoblog.com. That's fromideatoblog.com. Check it out and let's get this party started. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care and God bless.